Hey, good morning, church. It's great to be with you online this week. Who'd have thought this time last week we were doing live church and we're supposed to be doing a baptism service this morning, but things change quickly in a COVID-19 world. So gratefully, we have the technology and the people and the skills to very quickly put together an online service. And it's really uh, very, very uh, satisfying to know we can come to you this morning, wherever you are at home watching, or uh, which is where you're supposed to be. Uh, we have got such a great message to encourage you as we close this series down on resetting fruitfulness. Last week, I, um, if you were here, I, I spent a fair bit of time just trying to um, peel back the layers of decision-making from a place of being complex, which it sometimes is, uh, and we certainly live in a world that is incredibly complicated and the brutal reality that sometimes decision-making actually needs to be peeled back to quite a simple choice between probably A and B or one and two or there's not a lot of uh, options at the end of the day other than to choose. And so I just want to um, further take that, that message a little further today by looking at some scriptures from Galatians where Paul talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit and some of the issues that are connected to us actually getting those fruits growing in our life. Um, so choosing the kingdom and uh, its fruit in our life is a good choice to make. And Paul, like my message last week, I think unpacks the fact that at the end of the day, he's contrasting two different places to live. One is in the spirit and another one referred to in the NIV as living in the flesh or in the world. And uh, those two places produce different fruit. Uh, and, and that's just an obvious example when you think about different parts of the world, you can plant different plants and they grow. And other parts of the world, you can't plant that plant because it doesn't grow in that particular environment or, or climate. And so when it comes to things of contrasting the spirit with the flesh, there are things that the flesh are always going to give birth to. There's things that the flesh are always going to cause to grow because the seed in the flesh grows those things. And Paul is saying, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, when it comes to the Spirit of the living God, there are things about the Spirit that will also grow when we are positioned in the place where the Spirit is. And so I want to talk to you this morning about putting yourself into that place a little bit. So no matter how we feel about decisions being made and why around us at the moment with COVID and other things, um, the matter that can be an example for us, the current season we're in, to observe in our own lives what we plant and then can expect to reap from this season. So as we navigate this lockdown in Adelaide, South Australia, for this, maybe it's just a week, but who knows? Um, I'd want to use the opportunity that it's put in front of me to have a look at, well, where do I go? What sorts of things do I want to say, either out of anger or out of frustration, um, compared to, well, if, what about if I have an attitude that's one of, gratitude, one of just being patient, one digging deep to find joy in the middle of what might be a difficult uh, week for many of us for all sorts of reasons. And the tricky bit to get our head around is that if we land in the place of being angry or frustrated, got to understand that somewhere along the line, that context is going to grow that. It's not going to grow peace or joy because that's not what's being planted. And so in my heart, I'm going, God, I don't want to plant anger, frustration, resentment, because I know that they're going to grow into something that's exactly the same as that, maybe bigger, different, 
dimension of it, but essentially I'm going to reap what I sow, which is another phrase that Paul uses a little later on in chapter 6. So I want to encourage you today to watch yourself during this next few days. If, if, we're, if you're watching this and the lockdown's already been announced that it's being shortened, well, you've got a few days to sort it out. But maybe, just maybe, things might have gone south between when we recorded this and when you're watching it, and we're going to be going to a little longer in lockdown. My own heart of heart, I don't want to go to the place of getting increasingly frustrated or angry. I could. I could really do that. But I want to go to the place where I'm going to sow peace and I'm going to sow patience and expect them to therefore grow in my life so that they are actually present later on down the track. Maybe some more difficult seasons are in front of me. Wouldn't it be great to be guaranteed that as a difficult season, maybe it's not COVID, maybe it's something else. But down the track, I just know because I've made it my business to choose to live according to the Spirit, to have fruit from the Spirit growing so that when it's a pressure point down the track, for example, I just know I've got this, the fruit of patience there and I've got as much as I need compared to if I get really cheesed off at the moment and let anger brood, I get frustrated and I'm, I'm watering that plant, I can guarantee down the track at the next time there's a challenge in my life, I might find myself just really angry and really resentful really quickly. I go, Where did that come from? Well, Bruce, you've got no other way of looking at it than the fact that you've grown, plant, planted, grown and nurtured that particular issue. So Galatians 6 is pretty brutal. Um, well, actually, a lot of the Bible is. It's just very, very blunt about some of these matters. And Galatians 6 verse 7 is no exception. Do not be deceived. It's not like, you know, on a good day, don't be deceived. Just, it, it just comes straight. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man or a person reaps what they sow. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's saying in uh, probably a more clear way than I did a moment ago, if I make it my business to sow patience and sow into a difficult situation joy, so into a difficult situation, that sense of peace and love. The Bible's saying, don't ever despair that those things won't reappear. You've sown them, they will grow. I love that. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So I don't know what you're thinking this morning. I don't know how you're feeling. Maybe you're a, like a lot of people. We're very tired. It's 18 months down the track from a COVID pandemic. And some people don't even believe it's real. Some people are all uptight about vaccinations and vaccination rates and whether this can happen and that can happen. And I kind of go, I can get caught up in that, but I'm really conscious that that really is the world according to the flesh. Um, let me just read the way the Bible describes that. So we can get a head around that. So we're back a chapter. So we've gone a little bit out of order here this morning. We're now back in chapter five, starting at verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Amen. We've been called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. We made mention of that last weekend. 
If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. This is all a word picture that Paul summarises in chapter six about what we sow. If we're sowing discord, if we're sowing arguments, at the moment we've got uh, so many so-called experts uh, in the field of public health making statements and saying things and journalists finding another expert to refute it. It's just, it's like we end up fighting about what's right, what's wrong. Should we have locked down sooner? Should we have gone hard, faster? It's like, I don't know about you, but it kind of starts to blow my mind. My response to much of that at this point in time is to not go there. I actually don't want to get into an engagement with that argument between so-called experts. I want to make sure that me personally, and I'm encouraging you personally to choose and I hope you can just shout at the TV screen, choose, choose to sow according to the Spirit so that you can reap according to the Spirit. And so he goes on to say this in verse 16. So I say, he's talking to you and me, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit contrary to the flesh. There is no other way of looking at this. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. That's an interesting little phrase for us in the 21st century. You and I, as people who love God, cannot do whatever we want. Think about that. You might not agree with that, but that's what the Bible says. Let me read it to you again. So that you are not to do whatever you want. In other words, there is a choice to make. There is always a choice to make to be operating our life according to the flesh and not ever misunderstanding the brutal reality that the flesh will give birth to flesh and it will give birth to fleshly things, which are discord, arguments, who's in charge, who's the boss, who's more important, who's got more money, who's this, that and the other. Or, and those things are all gonna just wear us out. We come across the other side of the world to another dimension called the spirit and we can sow the other things that are mentioned in this scripture, we'll get down to it in a minute, that will give rise to fruit of the spirit that sustains us, lifts us up, propels us into our future regardless of what's going on in the world, whether it's COVID, whether it's climate change, whether it's um, some other catastrophe, some crazy nation going nuts, whether we break out into World War Three, who knows? At the end of the day, if I make it my business, you make it your business to live according to the Spirit, I guarantee you'll have some resilience, you'll have some strength, you'll have some capacity to endure a tough season that comes from nowhere else but the Spirit of God. So he goes on to say, um, so I say walk in the Spirit. Um, yeah, but I read all that, sorry. I'll keep going down verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousies, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'd want to stop just there for a moment and pause. It kind of, it sounds like a threat. Um, in that, sort of like, well, you won't inherit it. If you do that, you won't get this. But I want to encourage you that this whole section of Scripture is being put to us by Paul in the context of fruit. And so he's saying it's, it's more a consequence, not, not, a, uh, not a punitive measure that you won't get it. It's more the fact that those things will never give rise to you or me living in the kingdom. And not being in that place at the end of the day is a choice. 
It's your choice to live in the world as much as it is mine, as much as it's my choice to choose to live in the Spirit, which you can also do, and I hope you already have. So it goes on to verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So the list's there, the beautiful fruits of the Spirit. Mark that in your Bible if you haven't already. It should be a well-worn underlined section or highlighted in an electronic version. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, memorise them if you can. So a couple of questions come to a close in a moment. So how do I ensure that I sow from the Spirit. And as I already mentioned, I think a key to that is verse 17, where it says you are not to do whatever you want. Uh, so be careful with what you do. Be careful with how you spend your time. Be careful about what you read. Be careful about what you think about so that your life becomes the potential place for the fleshy things to not grow, but the Spirit things to grow. Um, I'd want to say, in other words, it is simply ours to choose. And parts of me screams when someone like me says that straight back at me, but it's not that easy or simple. And my answer to that question, no, it is and always will be a conflict. Choosing to sow according to the Spirit is going to be hard work. Simple to choose because the choice is just one or the other. But the work involved, that might be where the rubber hits the road for each one of us. And so last week I used the phrase, simple does not mean easy, but it is the brutal reality of the choice. It is simple. So what are Paul's suggestions here that can help us? And uh, if you look at uh, just the, the, the language of that section of Scripture I just read, there's four things that I'd say he talks about. One is, the first one, walk in the Spirit. So step by step, a daily journey with the Spirit. That is, get to the, the habit of, Praying regularly, like every day at least, and reading some part of Scripture on a daily basis. Like let that be your walking with the Spirit. The next little phrase he uses it says is to be led by the Spirit in verse 18. So let the Spirit remain in front of decision-making processes in your life. Um, it's not doing something and then asking God to bless it. That's not being led by the Spirit. That's asking God to follow you. He's suggesting, Paul is suggesting, be led by the Spirit. It's a little bit like um, paying for a tour guide in a place you've never been. Like a tour guide can take you to a strange city in the, in the world, say, I don't know, pick one, say Prague in the Czech Republic. Never been there, got no idea what to look at. You can maybe look at a bit of research online these days, that's all very well. But we have found as we've travelled, there's nothing better than actually getting a tour guide who lives there, who knows all about the place, who can show you around and tell you this and this and this and this. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit. He's been everywhere. There's no surprises to him. So why try to reinvent the wheel? Let him lead you into the decision-making that's um, in front of you. And alongside that, that stands to reason that it's not just, oh, I hear from God and led by the Spirit. That can happen, absolutely. But I would say to you that oftentimes the Spirit of God's led me through the counsel of other people, friends, family, acquaintances, people that are just experts in a particular field. The Spirit of God can speak to and lead us through other people. 
The third area that's mentioned specifically by Paul here is live by the Spirit in verse 25. So close proximity of the Spirit will require not choosing some things and embracing others. Remember in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, for example, it says, um, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, there's things that you and I can choose to do. The kind of God goes, well, if you're doing that, you're into that, I'm out of here. And he kind of can just step back from our life. And I don't want to make any choices like that. I know in my life over the years I have. And I, when I do that, I know I have. It's like, okay, God, I'm sorry, I've been an idiot. Let's get back onto this context of living together. Live by the Spirit. Um, uh, yep, I think it's enough to say there. Then the, finally, the last uh, little reference there in these series of verses is keep in step with the Spirit in verse 25. Um, a funny thing came to my mind as an example of this. I actually do, do not like riding horses. Um, I was taught to ride a horse about, oh, I don't know, 40 years ago. And uh, I swore that day I'd never get on a horse again. And I did not like it. Um, but one thing I realised in learning to ride was the need to stay in sync with the horse's gait. In other words, the way it was actually tracking at the time, whether it was just walking, whether it was trotting or whether it was galloping. Um, and the comfort of sitting on that horse back is changed and the horse's whole physical stature is changed by the step that it's doing at the time. And you've got to learn how to actually ride the horse so you stay in sync with what its body's doing. Otherwise, it is the most uncomfortable thing in the world to ride. A motorbike's way more um, just compliant on the backside. And I, I just didn't get the knack of it. I hated it. I ran riding the horse with this friend who wanted me to learn to ride. And I was like, I couldn't get off that stupid thing long, soon enough. Um, sorry for those of you who love horses. I'm not a big fan of riding them. I love looking at them. Beautiful animal, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, but the point is, maybe the Holy Spirit with us is a little like that. Staying in step can be like staying alongside. Greg French talked about that when he was here in the years, like, if we're walking down the road and the Holy Spirit's with us, it's like we can get ahead of the Spirit or we can lag behind or we can veer off and do our own thing. I get that. But I had more of a thought, and that's great. That's really helpful. But I had this, this, this horse thought. It's like, no, I want to be in sync. If the Holy Spirit's moving fast, I want to know what it feels like when the Holy Spirit's moving fast and be in sync with that. If the Holy Spirit's going slow, I've got to understand, okay, so what does that feel like? And, and make the ride, the journey, whatever you want to call it, are actually comfortable that I'm actually riding with the Spirit in the season that I find myself and, and cooperating with. So keep in step with the Spirit. I hope that little horse analogy helps you think that one through. And then we'll close with these thoughts. Living in the Spirit will cause fruit from the Spirit to appear and grow in our lives. So let's just recall the verse that we is the focus this morning. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to say these things, these fruits, are able to grow in every person who's received Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. The seed for this fruit originates in Christ and nowhere else. So you can kind of learn a technique of meditation or contemplation to find a place of perhaps inner peace. Maybe you've experienced other religions that have got some ideas about inner, inner tranquility and all that sort of stuff. I want to say to you, they are all kind of temporary and temporal. 
The Spirit of God is offering a peace that's everlasting. The Spirit of God is, uh, the fruit of the Spirit of God of joy is not some transitory thing depending on whether I can get myself calm or not. The Spirit of joy is of God and it will manifest in my life no matter what context I'm in, providing I've actually sown that in my life earlier on. <clears throat> and understand that that comes from Jesus. So if you want these fruits to grow in your life, whoever you are listening today, wherever you might be in the journey of discovering God's love for you, I wanna say this to close today, you need Jesus in your life just like I do so that I can live, so that you can live according to the Spirit. On our website, there's a link to um, Who is Jesus on the top. Click on that. There's a little message from Pastor Phil Pringle, the president of our movement. He just talks a little bit about the need to get saved. And then there's a beautiful prayer that you can pray on the website that actually is a prayer of commitment to Christ, inviting Jesus to be Lord and Saviour for life. We'd love you to read that prayer, to say the prayer, and if you do do that for the very first time in your life, or maybe you felt by what I've said today or because of just where you're at to come back to Christ and you've prayed that prayer and you know you're repenting for, for losing your way and you've come back to Jesus, click on the link below that. Drop us a line and tell us that you've done that and we will, would love to connect with you so we can help you just get into sync with the Spirit, help you to do the journey of discipleship and we'd love to hear from you. So church, God bless you. I am hoping and praying and believing with you that next Sunday, which would be sometime in August, a new series. We'll be back in the building, but we just don't know. And so in the meantime, keep praying, keep loving Jesus and keep loving your friends and family. God bless.